Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome into another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. On this hump day. We're going to have a lot of fun as we always do here. My friend Nick Geddes is along with me. we got lots of baseball to talk about. we got uh, some basketball to get into. Hockey is, uh, hockey is getting weird right now. Hockey is getting weird right now. And there are, there are people. I didn't realize that there was a gaffe on the show the other night. I didn't watch the lottery show. But now everybody's talking about how Kevin Weeks let the cat out of the bag early. So there must have, the fix must the have been in. The conspiracy was there. The conspiracy was, was there. there. So you were right. Crazy, crazy talk. So we, we got all kinds of fun stuff to get into today. And, of course, our friends in New York just can't shut up. They got to keep talking about the Rays cheating. Oh, my God. We get into all of it. A bad night for uh, the Rays last night. They hit into four double plays. This is the only way you beat the Rays. Like anomalies, like hitting into four double plays have to happen. And they had runners all over the base pass last night. Just And this is why their start is so ridiculously unbelievable. Because this is what happens in baseball. Baseball's that game where any any night you can hit the ball on the button 10, 15 times. And if you're hitting it right at people, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. And that's kind of what happened last night. They had a lot of bad luck in terms of how they, um, you know, they had guys on base at certain times. But there you go. Sorry. Uh, you hit it right to a guy. And I can't remember one except maybe the uh, the flyout throwout, um, I believe, was the only one that was maybe exceptional in any way. You're just hitting it right at guys. So it's kind of the way it goes. Eflin was not bad. You get a home run from uh, Taylor Walls again. Taylor Walls and Wander just who the hell is that guy? He's Taylor Walls. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we should just do the whole show, like Carton and uh, what's the other guy's name? Evan that, Roberts. Evan Roberts, Carton, right? Do the whole show like that? Yeah. What? Taylor Walls. They're cheating. That's what they're doing. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the rant yesterday. We put that up for you. If you missed it, got to go back and check that out. That was fun. Uh, but um, no, it's just this is baseball, and it's the way it goes. Now I will say this. Boy, the Orioles have a real Rays look to them. Um, they're starting to do what the Rays did. And it, it, they took, what, three years? Three years to put all this together. Um, well, it's been a lot of losing for yeah. more than three years. Yeah. but yeah. they Epic losing for three They years. finally got the core together here. Adley Rushman, who had a bomb off of that flame. Yes. I mean, ah. you won't find many more impressive players than him no. across Major League Baseball. And then those two guys at the end of the game last night. Mm-mm. And specifically, Yiner Cano. Dude. Did you see the number? He had retired 47 of 49 batters entering that game. Yeah. He allowed just two base runners, no walks. Like, And I saw him pitch, and I'm like, my god. He's goodness. literally unhittable. He's unhittable. He's like, unhittable. I mean, God bless Luke Rayleigh for getting a hit off this guy yeah. somehow. Because right. everything just like sinks so low into the zone. And it's like everybody, all they can do is just chop it into the ground. It, it's weird movement, too. Yeah. It, with, the, with the three-quarter delivery... And, you know, um, it's, it's just that's, – that's weird. Whatever he's got going, he must be cheating. That's what's <laughs> happening. He's cheating. That's what's going on. You know, if we can't buy him as a Yankee, then you must be cheating. But that is just weird. So if you get, you get to the seventh inning and you got a lead, which I think they're 19-2, and two, the Orioles, 
with a lead. And, and I see why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not getting anywhere with those two guys. I got, I got news for you. You're not you're not going anywhere with those two guys. Um, they are uh, they they're tough. Let's just put it that way. Which I don't understand, by the way, when you're Yiner Cano. I looked him up this morning again. He had an 18.69 ERA last year. How's that possible? How's that possible? Who just, who just like, gets so many, how much good stuff all of a sudden, like, over an off season? How's that happen? That doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't understand. He's cheating. He's cheating. Yeah. Like, he's using the same sticky stuff Garrett Cole suddenly found again. Got his spin rates back to where they were in Houston. What's going on with that? Maybe you ought to look into that, boys. Nah, we don't want to do that. Um, yeah, so that, that was just part of the game. You're going to lose some. Yeah, they had, they had, but they had opportunities yesterday. Oh, they did. All over the they place. They did. So it was a nine-runner stranded mm-hmm. on the bases in that game, and Yandy grounds into three double plays. Randy got picked off. Randy had a, had a rough night. He that did. was one of those games where I think Randy was kind of like, yeah. yeah, I'm here, but you know, I'm not really here. Where's my Randy land? I can't play without Randy land. <laughs> can't play without my Randy land, man. <laughs> Come on. We're going to take the show on the road. Yeah. And to your point, I thought Eflin, I mean, the way Eflin kind of went through the first three innings, I thought we were looking at a guy yeah. going seven. Yeah. And we were going to shut this down, and he just ran into trouble at one inning, right? Yeah. Ran into some really good hitters second time through with the Mullins and Rushman. And the thought came it. to me, because his efficiency has been off the charts. Especially a strike throw. Yeah. It, it, my, my thought came to me that maybe he's throwing too many strikes now. You know, you get to a point where you're throwing too many strikes. Everything's in the zone. Guys are hot looking for just something in the zone, and your movement is just maybe a tick off that particular night, which, which maybe it was last night. But, um, you yeah, know, they didn't get a lot of good swings, but they got a couple, and that's all they needed. No. You know, you get a uh, was three-run homer or two-run homer for Rushman? Yeah, the two-run homer for yeah. Rushman. Yeah. Um, you know, they hit a couple other balls hard, but, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those nights. You, you're just not – they were 0 for 9, 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. He had a couple home runs, but not when they had the bases clogged like they had many, many times. And it's just one of those games. They sat Brandon Loud down. And at this point, at this point, does Taylor Walls become your everyday second baseman? I know a lot of Rays fans are calling for it. Yeah. And his cash has continued to kind of put Brandon Lau, when he's in the lineup, he sits him in that four hole still. Yeah. But we've seen this with Brandon Lau. He is. It's like we're, we're second guessing the Rays today. Like, <laughs> we're not. It feels stupid doing it. Uh, we'll just put the, put that out there right now. We'll, we feel stupid doing well, it. Well, no. But, but the Brandon Lau thing is the, the Brandon Lau thing's a real conversation. Yeah. He's hitting. He's he's in danger of falling below the Mendoza line for the batting average here. All right. of a sudden, right? All right. That's this, not good. He's always been pretty, you know, boomer bust, and yeah. he can carry your lineup for two weeks, and he can also be a detriment to your lineup for two weeks as well. So, I mean, the way Taylor Walls is playing, and I saw a great breakdown. If people haven't seen it, it's on Movie Network's Twitter. Mark DeRosa put it up, put a great breakdown of the difference of Taylor Walls this year and the Taylor Walls to of last that? year. I'll, I'll, go, seen it. I'll go ahead and retweet it for everyone. Retweet but it's, that a, for me too. it's a great breakdown, and you'll see what Taylor Walls is doing differently. It's actually pretty dramatic, and it's something that DeRosa says, I would never do this. I would never do this, is what he said, but it's working for him. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. So, he, yeah, I think to answer your question, though, to come back to that, I would like to see Taylor Walls probably play more. Uh, the fact that he gives you the switch hitting ability and the utility as well, the defense, obviously, which is a big upgrade over Brandon Lowe, no matter where that guy's on the field. I think Taylor Walls has earned his spot in this lineup probably yeah. more often than not. 
I'm not I mean, saying there's not a spot for Brandon Lyon by any means. I'm not saying that. Yeah, in- injuries will take care of this eventual question. And everybody's going to play. Yeah. But right now, I just I think you've you got to take advantage of what Ty- uh, Taylor Walls is doing. He, he just cannot be a part-time player with the numbers he's putting up and his defensive ability. And he, and he really hasn't been a part-time player here in the last two weeks, I'd argue. Right, right. Last two, three weeks, they've gotten True. him in there most, most of not. But mm-hmm. Because of his versatility, he can play so many places. And it's just when you have a lineup him. like this, it's just, I mean, you, you probably want to get Rayleigh in there more than you're able to get him in. You right. want to get Paredes more in there than you're probably able to get him in. I mean, Josh Lowe. Has had to sit a few more times, probably than you would have liked. It's yeah. just when you have yeah. a lineup like this, is it's not that's a good problem. Yeah, it's a great problem to have. It's a great problem, and and again, we're nitpicking here. We're nitpicking here, and it just, you know, but that's when you have so many players that are this good. There's going to be competition, and that's good for the team. That makes everybody better because you know that every night you come to the yard, you better produce, or somebody else is going to be out there in in most positions. So, um, and that's good, and, and just you know. Brandon Lau, somebody needs to figure this out. How can a guy be so good and so bad at the same time? I've I've seen streaky players, but he takes it to a whole different level. I, I, I tell you what, I was surprised yesterday, too, when he came up to the plate to pinch hit there in the ninth inning. Yeah. And I'm looking at Yiner Cano. And I, I'm like, okay, his ball naturally fades away from lefties. And that's where Brandon Lau, I've seen him do one of these yeah, yeah. over and over, right? Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, what is Brandon Hyde doing? Yeah. Taking out Yenner Cano to put in Batista, who's more of a fastball thrower, yeah. knowing that Lau, that's what he hits is the fastball, not the off-speed. But that's the whole thing, though, of my point is right now he's just not adjusting to the off-speed. He's really not seeing many fastballs. No, and he's not he, going to see any fastballs. And when he is, like kind of how Batista pitched him and give Brandon credit, he was able to lay off some of them. He had one that he, he you know, he should have had ball for earlier in the account. In the yeah. count. But when they're throwing him fastballs, they're throwing him above him and just daring him to swing. So you're getting a lot more strikeouts now, and you're not getting as much contact. So they're not letting him beat him right now. Right. Beat you right now. So and he's going to have to make an adjustment or, again, you've got you to sit him because Taylor's just playing that well. So, you know, last night notwithstanding, uh, not a great night, but on we go. Afternoon game today, right? Uh, Beeks is going to start. No, it's still night. Night game. And then uh, – it's still night, and then we go back into four against uh, the Yankees. The Yankees, okay. Um, I thought they had a day game today for some reason. I know it's usually like the third game of the week is always the a day game, game, but yeah. not not this one. Okay. Um, so tonight we got, what, Beeks starting? Yeah, Beeks is on the mound to start this one. And then uh, Chirinos maybe for the long term, well, for the bulk. Potentially, so, yeah. potentially, yeah. So uh, the name of the game, let's get two out of three. Yeah, get just two win, out of three. Just win these series before you got to go play the Yanks. And then you go to New York, the Yankees, oh. to play the Yankees up there in the Bronx. I can't. For four big ones. That I'm excited about. Yeah. Because this is the real Yankees now. This yeah. judge is back. Judge is back. The Yankees are, the Yankees yeah. are feeling themselves again. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Are we going to get round two with Garrett Cole, I believe, in that series too? No, probably. You'd figure, yeah. yeah four games, yeah. Yeah, you're going to get round two with Garrett Cole. Yep. Ooh. Mm. When did he pitch? Friday night? No, that was a Sunday. Sun, that was Sunday, Sunday game? Okay. Yeah, yeah so, so he'll we'll, be pitching that series. Yeah, we'll, def- we'll definitely get him. So we, we had some fun yesterday with the uh, the boys, Carton uh, uh, and Roberts, their show up in New York. And we had some fun with it yesterday. Hope you caught the beginning of yesterday's show because it was kind of funny. Um, you can check it out on our Twitter. But so, shockingly enough, even after my – my satirical beatdown of what they did 
which you would think they'd never show their face again ever. Like, I thought they would just resign their show. Like, how can you come back from that, what I did to them? <laughs> but, they, but they doubled down on it. They doubled down on it. But I'm sure this time they brought facts, right? This time they brought some facts, like some, like some evidence, something, after being torched by everybody in America on, on social media. Certainly they, they came back with some type of, of retort that had some basis or numbers, a cogent argument, backing up their ridiculous position. Surely that's what happened, right? Well, let's find out. Okay. Let's dun, find dun, out together right here. Dun, 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 dun. Here we go. I'm just uh, being yes, honest about my curiosities about the Rays. I mean, I've just called it like it is. <laughs> I didn't realize the entire city of Tampa would be offended. Look at all those crappy players and how they're all having amazing years. Yeah. They have a lot of guys on their team that all of a sudden are putting up crazy numbers. Yeah, but the reality is that Afternoon Evan, you know, follows these clowns and maybe on to something. I'm just giving you my opinion that watching the baseball team over those three days, and I'll watch them again next week and looking at the numbers and looking at the guys on the roster, and they do have some good young players. Like, I'm not knocking McClanahan, who's one of the best pitchers in the league. I know how well, good he is and how good some of the arms out of the bullpen are. And I like Wander Franco, but oh, there's a yeah, lot of examples. A lot of these. All at the same time. All at the same time. Like, Chad Matola's is the greatest hitting coach of all time. <laughs> Well, what do we say to that? Do we do we look at some of the numbers? Well, my, what do you say? Crappy players. Crappy players. Yeah. So who in that lineup has Evidently, had a, Shane McClanahan and Wander Franco are the only good players that we have. I was going to say everybody you, else is crappy. If you actually go through the lineup and you have it right there, mm-hmm. who is crappy or came into the league with no pedigree as a prospect? Um, uh, let's see. Randy Rosarena. Let's call him up for uh, who's hitting uh, three twenty one this year and has nine home runs. Okay, he is a where is his career two seventy five hitter. The career two seventy five hitter. It's been a short career. Yeah, but give me the evidence as to why that's gone up this year. Well, first of all, the shift. There's no shift. Okay, everybody uh, bat, batting averages are up. Across Give me the big one, the second one. Um, he started playing for Mexico at the before spring training. Okay, and is already in midseason form. Okay, give me the third one. Uh, the third one. He's paying attention to a scouting report for the first time in his career. Okay, there you go. So, there's an argument to support or disprove rather a hypothesis. Right. So, and, and we've seen him do it before. So, therefore, ergo. He's just becoming a better player and not by a large margin. He always had, always had power, always was a good contact guy. He was never consistent, but now, he's, never consistent. now he's consistent. Right, right. Uh, Josh Lowe. Let's take Josh Lowe for, for, for uh, example. Um, obviously did not do well when he came up last year, okay? He's hitting 312 with seven home runs and 20 RBIs, Okay. Josh Lowe has been one of the premier prospects in baseball for it's first round time. pick. First round pick. Um, he's six foot four, two hundred and five pounds. Has been had power in the minor leagues. So it is it is unheard of for a gentleman to come. But by the way, this is his second opportunity. Last year was, did not did not go so well. But he obviously tweaked the swing. We know his story. He became more comfortable. Last year was a lot of pressure. So is it is it? Is it incredibly abnormal for, for a prospect that's this good 
to come up with a team that's hot, by the way, and good players hitting all around them, to hit 312, seven home runs. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. No, no, it happens every year. It happens every year. It happens all the time. Um, This is not a career 210 minor league hitter or or major league hitter that just suddenly is incredibly so much better. That's not the case. Uh, Let's go with uh, Itzak Itzak Paredes. What is his pedigree? And he's got four home runs. He's only hitting 261. He's got 21 RBIs. Um, But here's here's a player that came over last year and did, what were his numbers last year? I know he hit 20 home runs. The average was a little low. Yeah. So last year uh, for the Rays in 2022, he hit 205 um, and had 20 home runs and 45 RBIs in 331 at bats. So essentially a 35 home 40 35 home run pace. He's actually around. well off his home run pace yes. of last year. If you actually yes. averages up, but his is but again. This is a guy that hit 20, 20 home runs in was the major a former, leagues last year. Former top prospect. A former top in prospect. In his own right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we can go on and on. It's just, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Who are the players? And we talked about this, I feel like, when the Rays were first going on this run. It's not like anybody's really, like, outdoing what they. Nandi Diaz is doing what Nandi Diaz, Diaz does, does what he a does. a little bit more pop. Yes, yeah, and we've talked about it because he's got more launch angle now. Yeah. Yeah. That that goes for Harold Ramirez as well, who's always been a great contact hitter, and now he has more launch angle and he's hitting home runs. But you can't just get better by tweaking your swing and working hard. You can't do that if you're you got to be cheating. Cheating. You got to be cheating. cheating. I don't want to say it, but I'm just going to sit here and talk about it for three minutes, saying they're cheating. I don't want to say it, but yeah. Yeah, and, and what was the other player he was pressed about? Christian Bethencourt, right? Yeah who I believe was a former catching prospect, who mm-hmm. if you actually look at his hitting over the years, mm-hmm. he's been a, I'd go above average maybe, for a catching for the catcher position, he's yeah. been an above average hitting catcher. Right. Right? And this year, he's, a, he's literally like, now he's like a little bit above average now. Well, he's getting more plate appearances. He's just getting more plate appearances, and, he said he, and he's just hit more home runs this year than typical. Last year, in 151 at-bats with the Rays, he had seven home runs. And hit 255. So at 151 at bats, multiply that by approximately four, and you're, you're looking at a 28 30 home run pace. So what he's doing is not ridiculously out of whack. It's, no. it's in line with in, you know balls that are flying a little bit harder and with the new yeah. changes in the rules. The only player that has taken a substantial step. And I guess you kind of, I guess you could throw Josh Lowe in there because it's one. But Josh yeah. Lowe has hit like this in the minors for years. Right. The only player that's really outdoing what I ever thought he could have is Taylor Walls. That's really it. Yeah. Taylor Walls was hitting a buck eighty-five over his first two years with the Rays. Yeah. A buck eighty-five. He's hitting two sixty-five. He's hitting two sixty-five, but he's got what seven home runs now to go Six with it. Six home runs. Yeah. Six home runs to go with it. He's always been a great defender. All those things. Right. He's the only player, but like I said, and I, I retweeted the video on the show page, encourage you to go watch it. It's like four minutes long. There are reasons as to why he has taken another level to his game this year. And he also told Ryan Bass, too, on a road trip, that he has a new mental. He's doing a new mental and notes approach as well. So study habits have changed. He's got a new mental routine going up to the plate. And then his stance, where his hands were kind of up here, 
Now he's down here. Yeah. He's more compact. Yes. Really not that hard to look at, which is why when I wrote about this See, yesterday, I made sure to include all this information because I'm going to be backing up my hypothesis, unlike some others. This is, you know, this is why you're still in Tampa and you're not in New York. Because you, could, you do all the research. You have a well-reasoned argument. You just don't spout stupid crap and throw it out there so, so you get clicks so people can come back and listen to your show. I mean, clearly, we have no idea what we're doing. We're doing, we're doing it all wrong. We've we got to stop with the research and, and you know, and well-thought-out well arguments and entertaining comebacks. Like, we we got to stop doing that stuff because clearly it's not going to – we're not going to make it a WFAN like this. we just got to go pure clown show, just pure clown show, and just, you know, just say the stupidest thing that we could say. Um, okay, uh, Orlando's going to build a $1.7 billion stadium, and the Rays are going to move there. Ah! Well, <laughs> when do we get to that part of the show? Uh, right. Well, why not right now? Why not right now? Um, so, by the way, Pat Williams, I've known Pat forever, you know, since he started the magic. You know, I'm I'm that old. But we go I go back that way when Pat was going around the state and I was in Tallahassee at the time and he would come on my show, uh, my TV show. We would do that. And he'd be barnstorming around the state for the Orlando Magic. And, of course, you know, Matt, Pat, Pat Williams is one of my favorite people on the planet. I'm just going to tell you. He's, a, he's written so many great books. He's, uh, he's the most positive person you'll ever meet in his life. He's, gone, he's done so much in his life. He, you know, the, the, the adopted kids, if you don't know his story, it's just it's one of the greatest stories ever. So I love me some Pat Williams. Um, and I'm, I'm curious about what he's doing. And I think it's interesting that, you know, here is Orlando. And here's Orlando, you know, wanting to commit a billion dollars, a billion dollars of public money. Now, you want to say, well, this is the tourist tax. It's, you know, people have, since COVID, you know, they've been overrun. The theme parks have been packed and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, I get it. But why should they spend a billion dollars on a baseball stadium? And the other part of that is, you know, where's the ever $700 million coming from? The Rays? Uh, well, good luck with that. And what, what, what evidence is there that Orlando would support baseball any better than Tampa would? Now, they're, they're, they're going to locate the stadium in Aquatica, which is 15, 20 minutes from, well, depending on I-4, it could be three hours from downtown. Location. It's an awful location. It, you know, right where SeaWorld is, I, I've actually spent a lot of time there in the past couple of months. Um, it's, you know, it's just, it's tourist central. You want to, you want to see a, a real traffic nightmare? Yeah. I can show you, I, I can show you one right oh. now already right oh there. Oh my God. So you want to add a baseball stadium And the people that live there. in Orlando don't live on the south side. They live on the north side, away from where the, 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 it would be, correct? Yeah. That's where most of the bedroom communities are. Yes. Um, so they'd have to all go through downtown on I four or around downtown I four. Yeah, you're still going to gonna have you're stadium. still going to have headaches to get to yeah. that area. That's a very I think that's a terrible location. In fact, most people that I know when I was in Orlando kind of live out in like the kind of in the the suburbs area right. around UCF, like just, o, like Oviedo, the northwest side. Yeah, like Oviedo, northeast side. Yeah, no, right. northeast side, kind of. Yeah. And so if you kind of were to just map it like that, you're probably looking at like a 30 to 35-minute drive with no traffic right. to that area. Yeah. But we know that's not how Orlando works. No. So I don't really know if you're solving any issues necessarily from a, from a transit standpoint no. in your own city. You're not. First of all, where that stadium would be located. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and you, if you're planning on tourists filling up the seats, well, first and foremost, baseball is not 
um, a game, it, you know, in the Latin American countries, yes. But as, a, as an international game, it doesn't approach what basketball or hockey, certainly, maybe even football, just because of its, its giant reach. It, mm. just, it just doesn't. Baseball has no meaning in Europe or Asia. Very Well, it, baseball is big in Japan. But it's not big in China. It's not big in the other countries. Um, it's not big in Europe at all. Um, I would say South America, Central America, certainly. Everything on like North South America, America, North America, and, and the upper half of South America yeah. and Central America. Yeah. So it's not. It's not like tourists are going to just flood in there, and you can't count on tourists to be your season ticket holders. You know, and and, and Orlando is just not a big enough market in my opinion, to handle something like this. And by the way, I just don't see... Well, I think it's a big enough market to get another sports franchise. I mean, isn't it like the biggest market to only have like one like of the big four? Oh, you're not counting UCF as a second professional franchise? Just well, in terms I, the, of the, the big four. Yeah. The big four. No, I get it. I get it. But it, here's the thing. Tampa Bay is only an hour away. You don't That's need why it doesn't a make team. sense. No, it doesn't. So the only thing you would do is move the Rays. And Major League Baseball has already identified Tampa Bay. It's a much larger market. And, and the Rays have history here. For, for Major League Baseball, it would be asinine for them to move the Rays to Orlando. <laughs> Completely asinine. And it would be even more asinine to keep the Rays in Tampa Bay and then try to put an expansion team 100 miles away. Never going to happen. To Orlando. It's never going to happen. There's no sense in that one whatsoever. So I don't, I don't see how this works. Um, I don't Major see League where the baseball. financials back up either. I don't see where the financials work. I don't think the location is great. But I love Pat Williams, and he's going to be on the show tomorrow at 1030. I'm curious because I want to so know. So we're going to talk to Pat tomorrow wanna, at 1030. And, and I want to know who he's talked to about this. Like is this, a, like, is this a Pat Williams endeavor? And I know he's always wanted to get a team here. But are, is there a ground? He's a dreamer. He's That's a dreamer. I understand. The Orlando Dreamers. <laughs> Fitting for this. Yeah. Uh, is, is there a groundswell movement from people who live in Orlando? Well, you lived there for f- four years or three years. What I do you think? I don't recall seeing yeah. a groundswell movement. Yeah. I texted yeah. a lot of my friends who live in Orlando. That are sports fans. They're sports fans. And they're like, yeah, this is never going to happen. Like, yeah. And we don't, really, like, we don't really have any that much interest in it. The Rays are right there. If we want to go to a baseball game, we'll, we'll spend a weekend there in Tampa or whatever. And by the way, can we just concentrate? If you want to spend some of that public money... Spend it on a I can think of a lot more issues spend, in spend Orlando. Spend it on a high-speed train to Orlando from uh, Miami and Tampa, which are, they're building. Yeah. But you could, you know, sweeten the pot with, with things like that. That's not something that's going to bring tourists to Orlando. No. And I, and I, a lot, I, I know think. a lot of people are trying to use the theory like, okay, well, the, the Magic, like, at least this year, you know, they sold well. But, you know, I think that's – I looked up their attendance. You know that their attendance is 95%. 90, 94%. They averaged their 15th in attendance in, in... Yeah, it was up this year. Yeah, and it's, you know, and they're 95% full. Yeah, there was there was a lot of excitement around good. the team this year. That's right? pretty good. And the Orlando yeah. City, by all accounts, I know, and I'm not the biggest follower of the MLS necessarily, but from all I remember is that that stadium sells pretty well as well. Um, but I don't think... I think baseball, though, is like it's such a... It's so much different than... Soccer and especially soccer to me just fits Orlando's vibe. Like it's a, yeah, it feels yeah, like it, yeah, it, yeah, soccer yeah. works yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. And even basketball to an extent. Baseball to me is such a, I don't want to say a niche sport necessarily, but it's it's a you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's such a dif- different demographic that you're yeah. selling to, mm-hmm. and it's not what I feel when I go to Orlando. Right, that's what makes Tampa Bay such a great market for baseball because everybody, as we talked with Denard Span yesterday, everybody Boy, well, he was grows proud up. of that too. By the way, yeah, of course. Oh, he was. Very vocal about that. 
Yeah, we should maybe play that back, that answer back, where he he said, you know, basically, um, you know, we're we're really proud of being a, an area that puts out great baseball players. We talk about it, you know, within the high school at ranks when he was coming up and the all-star teams, the AAUs, those, the travel ball. That- I, I've been saying it for years, man. Like, I, I've been saying it for years. Like, I've been around a lot of these players when they're younger. Yeah. I've sat at table, like, at, like luncheon tables with, like, Jose Fernandez when he was 17. Yeah. And I'm looking at this guy like, who the hell is this? And then two years later, he's the first-round pick. Yeah. Like, I've had that happen so many times when and I've at been these younger. National tournaments, at these national tournaments that these yeah. all our teams go to, when Tampa Bay shows up on your, in your bracket, everybody knows, oh, shit. <laughs> these guys right. are good. Damn right. You know, Miami – you know, Hialeah, Miami, Tampa Bay, whenever you play in a, in a travel ball situation and you're playing against one of those teams, you're, you know, you're, yeah, this is what I hear from all the travel teams. The, you, everybody's eyes perk up like, oh, shit. You know, I, we know they're going to bring somebody. You know, they're going to have, you know, Kyle Tucker on their team or Jose Fernandez or Singer or, or McCullers. I, I mean, you know, I at all. Did you ever go and – speaking of Kyle Tucker real quick, did you ever go and see him play when he was at plant? I did, yeah, yeah. I saw him come and play Brandon in a game once, and everybody was like in the bleachers like, that guy right there is like a first-round pick and everything. Yeah, and McCullers, when he pitched, I mean, it's, you know, 2,000 people there. Such a big, yeah. such a big deal all the time. Yeah. I, I remember – I remember. That's even what I, people say, oh, big, Tampa Bay's not a baseball market. I remember like, like – You're so stupid. I remember, like when I was a freshman too, like at, at Durant, we had a player named Tyler Danish. If you remember, if yes. you know him, yep. I think he play, I think he might play for the Red Sox now. Mm-hmm. He was a first round pick in 2013, and I was a freshman that year. And I remember Jim Leland and like all these yeah. all these managers were on like our property in like little you know little uh, Dover, Florida there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap! But that's that's all over the place here in this county. Oh yeah. The, uh, Division One rosters are littered with we Tampa got, Bay players. We got a player from Strawberry Crest. I need to get his name again. He's projected to go into the top ten in the draft this year. Yeah, he's committed to Florida State, but he ain't going to sign. He's getting drafted in the top ten yeah. from Strawberry Crest. Yeah, well, it happens all the time. Every year we've got two or three uh, first round picks, and that's what Denard's talk about. We take it seriously here. We we know we have a standard up to uphold, and they do it. They do it every year, and, and we have a culture here of baseball. That does, I don't think that exists to that degree in Orlando or, or anywhere else except maybe Miami. Um, it's just that's the way we grow up and play in baseball. Well, yeah, I I mean, even, even at my age, I, you know, we had, you know, I had two, two uh, three professional players on my, on my high school baseball team. Yeah. One of them, which one of my best buddies, was second round pick. It, it truly is a crime. Yeah. It is a crime given the baseball heritage in this market and in Miami that both have been a franchise for 30 years and 25 years, respectively. Yeah. And we haven't been able to figure it out and get it right in those markets. It well, is almost a crime, to be honest. Yeah, but, but as, we, as <laughs> we've people, detailed... Because people outside just go, oh, baseball doesn't work in yeah. Florida and this and that. And well, because like, These are two of the biggest, richest baseball communities in the entire country. If you've lived here, and I have happened to live in both places. I grew up in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And I've lived here now for 27, 28 years. So I, I think I have a pretty good feel for the fabric and the culture of each particular place. And everybody in South Florida grows up playing baseball. You just go, you play Little League. Almost every kid plays, at least tries Little League. It's a big deal. Baseball is a big deal. But they've got, a, they got an expansion team. And the first stadium that they played in was where the Dolphins play, which was out in the middle of nowhere. Nothing around it except, you know, small neighborhoods, Miramar, 
a couple of strip malls. There was nothing around it, and it was, without question, the worst baseball stadium configuration in history. It was, it was incredibly generic. It was, you know, the squashed-in left field, the long right field, the stupid – it was just awful. <laughs> it was just awful. And they had some good teams, but you're, you're not – you know, baseball is a, is a uh, urban sport. You've got to put it in the mi- – the, the stadium's got to be in the middle of the area so that businessmen can get out of work from their corporations who, who have tickets – you know, and go down to the ballpark, you know, walk to the ballpark, take a subway to the ballpark, take a taxi to the ballpark, you know, whatever. This is in the major cities where they do well in attendance, right? For the most part, this is what happens. And, you know, that's not what they did in Miami. And then they build a new stadium, and they had the same stadium, protracted stadium bull crap for, for years and years and years. Then they say, well, let's, the city of Miami was so dysfunctional, and, and that's corrupt government like you've never seen before. It's, it's, you know, it's Chicago South when it comes to corruption. So these Miami commissioners do this ridiculous deal and push all the money down the road so it's financed at about $2.5 billion by the time they get done playing for it, and they pick the Orange Bowl site. Which is, could, could, you couldn't pick a worse site in the middle of a blighted area, sorry, Little Havana, um, where there's no e- easy in or out. I went to the Dolphin Stadium, the Orange Bowl, my entire youth, and it was impossible to get into, impossible to park. It was just terrible. It's, it's not in downtown Miami. It's not in, in the middle of the market, which would have been Fort Lauderdale, where most of the families live in Fort Lauderdale and West Palm and South. And then they could come up from Miami. That's where you'd want to put it. And, you know, somewhere in, in, in central Broward County would have been perfect. That would have been centrally, centrally locating your stadium so the entire area can get there, not just Pinellas or, or just, you know, western uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just a terrible. So they screwed it up twice. Not once, but twice. They built a nice stadium. And, of course, you know, the, the whole beginning of the uh, uh of for franchise where when they insulted all the cuban americans that that went well um so it's just they've they've done everything wrong from the very beginning Heizenga coming in getting a world series and then crap you know nobody shows up you know and then selling off all the team the, everything has been done wrong and then here in tampa we put it in the worst place possible in terms of the middle of the market access to it, a, a, a downtown St. Petersburg that's su- surrounded by water. We told MLB told them not to build the stadium there because of the location. They knew it was a failed location when they built it. Then you had the worst owner in baseball that, that kicked everything off, pissed off. I mean, to this day, you still have law firms and businesses in St. Petersburg that say, I will never spend a dime on the Rays because of Vince Damoli. Mm-hmm. So they, he poisoned the water so poorly that MLB had to come in and remove him. And we still had a poorly located and a terrible stadium. I was, I was going to ask I you mean, that. I was going to ask you that today, actually, about the whole, the whole idea of building that stadium. And the whole the, the, the WDU documentary, right? The, yeah. the Rise of the Rays, I think is what it was called, yeah. right? Kind of illuminated this a little bit, how they built the stadium before they had even gotten rewarded a franchise. Right? Well before, well before, in well hopes before. of of hopes of being so attractive, like hey, we already have the stadium, we're ready to roll, right? Right. And I'm just wondering, like, let's just let's just say in an alternate universe, this goes through, right? Where Orlando gets this stadium built and they have it built, and then next time, could you see them almost, even though they have the stadium, like I feel like they'd be the same thing. They're just going to get passed over in cycles because right. I was talking to some people in Orlando as well, and for the ones right. who wanted the team, said if you put us next to Nashville. 
we we should get the bid if we have the stadium. And I'm no. sitting there like, I, no. I don't think Major League Baseball would go to Orlando over Nashville. I don't care what they're building right. in Orlando. No, it doesn't. It's it, it, and that's why MLB didn't want them, didn't want those teams moving there because they knew it would be an attendance nightmare. They knew it. They have all the data. He had all the data back then. And, and and had had Tampa done it the right way, if um, who was the other guy bidding against the Moley? Um, uh, what's his name in the documentary? Um, the car dealer, uh, whatever that guy. If he would have, terrible. I'm so sorry, I forgot your name. Um, early dementia. If had they had he won the bid and they would have built the stadium in Tampa, we wouldn't have had these issues with attendance. I'm not saying it would be packed every night. It's not what I'm saying. But we would have started off at least building the stadium in the right place and, in my mind, would have gotten the 92 expansion team instead of Heisenga mm-hmm. because it, it, that's, that was the better place to build it. And, it and, and that's where MLB wanted the stadium in the first place. The only reason we got it is because Namoli was such a jerk that he, you know, he pissed off baseball and sued them, and they were going to have to air all their dirty financial laundry in the public, and they said, okay, we'll give you a team. But eventually we want you moving it to Tampa. And that's where we're at right now, and now we have a, a mayor, in my estimation, who is overzealous in trying to, quote, keep the raise when it's not in the best interest. This is why they're doing all – why do you think they're doing all these negotiations in secret? Because the mayor does not want to admit to his constituents that have no interest in spending six hundred to eight hundred million dollars on a baseball stadium, does not, he does not want to reveal that through the process because he knows if he does, he's going to get a lot of pushback, and he wants to be able to put put it on the table and then within a week, a month, or whatever, just have the city council voted in and just do it and spend this public money in a in a failed location. Without a whole lot of public comment, without, you know, certainly the media is not going to be interested in it. They haven't been interested in it to this point about. And you're doing business with a guy who's being sued by his his uh, partners for some very serious fiduciary crimes. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Hmm. This is this is this is political influence and 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 you think you think Stu Sternberg gives a rat's ass about this stadium being poorly located. No, he doesn't because he's over it. He just wants the money. And as soon as he gets a stadium deal done, the value of the franchise is going to go up to about $2.5 billion. He's going to sell it, and we're going to be left with a poorly located stadium. And an ownership group coming in that doesn't have any money to, to run the team because they've spent $2.5 billion on buying the team in a poorly located area, and then they won't have the revenue once the team gets bad again because that will happen. It's cyclical. It's baseball. And that that team will not be good and you have a, 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 a brand new stadium in a poorly in a terrible location that nobody goes to and it still will be up in Wall Street uh, laughing his ass off at how we took how we took uh, Tampa Bay for 2.5 billion dollars and this is and, the, and, and we're going to be sitting here with a, a, a this incredible growth to the east of Tampa and a stadium that's on the on the edge of the market surrounded by water and this is what we think is good. This is this is a good expenditure of public money. This is best for baseball. I can tell you this: MLB doesn't want that. They don't want it I, they, at all. But they're so sick of probably dealing with this. If they said, "Okay, we're going to give you a billion dollars to build a stadium," and they'd just be like, "All right, whatever. Let's get it done. Let's get the stadium done. We'll see what happens." But I'm telling you, it's going to be it's going to fail. It's going to be a disaster. 
and I don't know why anybody's not talking about this but me and you. Like, where's where's the rest of the media on this? That this whole negotiation well, for what the Rays are going to get in public money is going on. It's, they're going out of their way to do one-on-one meetings so it doesn't fall within the Sunshine Laws to keep it all secret. And they're and they're like proud of it. Well, I mean, like, I, I feel like it's it's one of those sto- like the time of the year right now. I feel like adds the context there. Like we're in the middle of the season. Uh, the Rays are off to a historic start, and it's overwhelmingly positive. Correct. Right. And we've tried to do the same thing. Keep it overwhelming. Like today's the first day we've been like we've actually questioned something on the Rays. For right. Weeks. There's nothing really to question, and we're right. like we're nitpicking almost because they lost one game. Right. So I think like timing of everything is key here. That it's easy for a story like that to kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit because the team is. I feel like if the team was trash, let's say the team was really trash, right. like White Sox level trash. Right. And you oh. had these issues going on, and nobody was coming to the games because they're not good, right? I feel like we would be probably talking more about it in other spaces. Is yes. that fair? Yes, absolutely. And, and, I, and by the way, I'm cool with that because we've talked a lot of stadium, and it's a, it's a reoccurring issue. It's always yeah. just going to be until it's figured out. Right. But the fact that we have a great team right now to talk about. Agreed. That's it, why we haven't been spending a lot of time on it. Exactly. But when they lose, that's when we're getting in. We're getting into it. You guys <laughs> Damn suck. It, when they lose, you back. suck. Yeah, it just. It, but the, and, and the underlying part of this is we love the Rays and we want them to be successful and stay here long term. I just want them to be. I just want. Them to, I just want them to win a World Series first and foremost. Well, you, you have to I want them to win a World this. Series there first, and then we can figure out the stadium. But there is a financial component to this, okay? Even though the stadium would still be four years off, I'm talking long term. Mm-hmm. The revenue you're going to make in Tampa, with all the growth to the east, and speaking of Orlando. When Pat, and Pat said that it takes an hour, an hour ten from East Tampa to get to Aquatica. I said, sure, if they're starting the games at 2 a.m., yes. An hour and ten? I don't think Pat's driven I-4 in quite some time. So it's an Ooh. hour ten just between Lake Alford and 429, folks, just so you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it takes a long time from East Tampa to get to Aquatica. Um, but it, it's it, people in Orlando can come here. And now that we're putting the, the train in and the train will come into downtown Tampa right next to where the stadium will be, you're, you're getting a lot more. It's, it's a no. Jesus, I don't have to make this case. It's so stupid. The, the St. Petersburg is such a stupid location. I love the place. It doesn't need a baseball stadium. It's just like I can't even believe we're, we're thinking about this. I can't believe the mayor of St. Petersburg is really thinking we're going to spend a billion dollars or $800 million on this failed baseball well, location. I, again, I... I and when I, you could build a convention center for gen, that'll be there for generations well, to come. Again, from an optics standpoint, or, I need somebody in Tampa to... to let's. Well, it takes two to tango. I understand it takes two to tango, but I'm just saying, just looking just looking through everything, and I'm not as deep into like the, the nuances of what's going inside. Well, the, the, I'm just looking around, and I'm like, I don't see anybody in Tampa really jumping off the... Uh, well, you got it. I don't like. I don't see Mayor Castor, for example, jumping oh, up and down like Mayor Welch is to keep the Rays. Well, that's it, a problem. I'm, see, I'm just it's saying. A problem. I'm it's, just saying. Yeah, it's a problem. So when I see things like that, yeah. I question myself: of is the city well, of Tampa God, really even going all in? Well, on thank this? God Jane Castor has very little to do with this because it's not the city that's going to be funding it; it's the county. Um, and Ken Hagen has certainly been uh, done, well, done need, the bidding. Need more cheerleaders or something. Yeah, we do need more cheerleaders because there's this stupid ass narrative out there that Hillsborough County has no money, and that's just dumb. 
It's dumb. It's uninformed. It doesn't have bed tax as much bed tax money as Pinellas. Pinellas, but to say it has no money is dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. They have they they offered to pay half oh for God. the for the Ebor Stadium, and they're still <laughs> offering to pay half now. They just need the Rays to step up and pay half as well. That's all. Uh, I read a comment, and I'm just being reminded of some awful days driving back and forth from college. Why? What? Jordan said, take an hour and ten minutes to get to Lakeland on a good day. Pat, ever been to Champions Gate exit? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. On, dude. Oh, on. my gosh. Exit 50, it's exit 58, to be specific, on I-4. Yeah. The worst I have ever seen in my yeah. life. It just closes down, and there's, there's going to be a 35-minute backup every freaking day. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's like clockwork. It's just part of it. And, and they've never stopped working on the road, ever. In my lifetime, I have never driven through Orlando, downtown. I've never driven all the way through Orlando with the interstate being complete, ever. I'm almost 60. I've never, I've been, and I've been driving to Orlando since I was three. And I've never, that's how long that thing's been under construction. It's, it's to and the, it still doesn't. It's still it, not big enough. It's to the point where, like, when I type into my maps now when I go to Orlando, it tells me to go up to Ocala. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And through and, and uh, go over yeah. and through over the old yeah. people, the villages. Go around wherever. the green swamp. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, that's the way it is. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, get into some uh, NFL chatter as well with the Buccaneers. Um, I, I think I have just a little bit of different take on what, what this offensive line is. It's going to look like, and I think it's I think it's going to be better. Call me crazy. Uh, Dan Lucas is going to join us at 11 o'clock as well from News Channel 8. Always fun to have Dan on. We'll talk all kinds of local sports. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com, and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Back in three. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. 
When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance Free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric 
cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go! Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, we got our new bit. Our next bit coming up in the next couple of weeks. Welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J E E V E S Law Group.com. Personal attention. If you have personal injury, get some personal attention from the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group. The Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Chris Lugo and his medical team will get you straightened out. Whatever your ailments are, just get healthy, man. He'll get you uh, at the right weight, get you nutrition advice, workout advice, uh, get you on the right supplements, and get you on the true body machine, which is like doing 50,000 crunches in 15 minutes. Get you some abs like like I got. <laughs> I didn't like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, that was breakfast. Um, all right, uh, we're going to get to some of our comments here. Um, we got a lot of comments coming in today. Uh, Richie P., Says in our, uh, in our discussion of Brandon Lau, Laura, I don't even want to know what they will say when we trade Brandon Lau and Yanni Diaz and bring up one of our prospects, Kyle Manzada, next year. Oh, then oh, you really be cheating. That, that was that Mazzardo just brought this up to me. Ken Rosenthal wrote a column in the Athletic today, like a news and notes, and it was it, one of the the titles he put on it was "Why did the Rays not get Sean Murphy?" Because remember we were really big on him, and now he's like, oh right, he's, yes. he's the best catcher in baseball this year and his MVP candidate so right, far. Right. And it looks like the Braves were, or no, the A's rather, were hard bent or hell bent on getting Todd Bradley and this Kyle Manzardo from the Rays to get Sean Murphy. And Manzardo, they feel, is like the future of their team at first base from a power hitting perspective. And obviously, we've Lord, seen we Todd Bradley. Yeah. So I got to tell you what. And what are the chances the Rays were going to be able to extend Sean Murphy to? Probably pretty low. So. I, well, see, that's a guy. I know that he's you, a that's really. A, that's a guy that you would have to pay right away. Yeah. You notice all these long-term <clears throat> deals they do. They graduate up to actual real money. Like, yeah. I think Wander's making. He made one last year. He's making five. Yeah, you this can't year. do that with him. Yeah, you'd have to be paying him twenty-five right or away. Or would he even have interest in signing? No, probably not. So that's what I'm saying. The chances yeah. are so low. So I give a little golf clap for the Rays for yeah. standing pat there. Standing pat. Yeah. I mean, and and you know they were right about who they were going after too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, true. Uh, Richie P says Brandon, for whatever uh, reason, cannot hit the figure out the changeup. I mean, there was an at bat last week that all they threw at him were changeups, and it's like the first time he'd seen it every time. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got issues with the breaking stuff. You just can't, you know, why throw him a fastball? They figured that out, and they're not going to. And as long and then he'll start chasing, and that's what leads to these prolonged slumps. It's like when he's hot, he's, they almost forget how to pitch. He's got Pedro Serrano system right now, or uh, syndrome right now. Yeah. Um, Thomas Casper says, Pat Williams does not have the financial backing. Total nonsense for the 10th time. I, I kind of agree with that. I don't see how Orlando would commit that much money well, to a baseball There state. were a couple comments in here. I'm trying to find them. It's like, if he does have the, uh, the financial backing, do you want to just spread that you know, 80 miles uh, 
west. Yeah. <laughs> if you have the backing, you yeah. want to just put it 80 miles west? Well, it's a tourist tax from Orlando. I don't think they're going to be spending it on building a stadium in Tampa. That's the public point. Of, and that's where let's most just, of the money let's comes just from. Take it, let's just pick it up from right here and move it over here. <laughs> that's what worked that way. Um, Richie P. says, I got a project in Orlando. I've been traveling through there for the past six months, and it is freaking nightmare. Stays congested without an accident or fender bender. I know. I trust me. I know it more better than anybody. It's where my girlfriend lives in, in uh, Orlando. Um, he should just jump on the Tampa ba- bandwagon and invest with us. Yeah, that's not going to happen. He's Mr. Orlando. It's because at the Solar Bears is all Orlando has for sports. Well, they have the Magic and they have Orlando City Soccer now, and they have UCF. Uh, Orlando is a bigger sports town than you think. Plus, you need to compare Orlando to Las Vegas. People will come to the town to see their team play. Uh. I don't know about that. I think when people come to Orlando, it's theme park time, and I don't necessarily think those people are baseball fans. I feel like a lot of people who are tourists have never actually been to Orlando. Right. They just go to the airport, and they go to the theme parks, and then they're gone. They've never been to Orlando. They probably don't even know it exists. Yeah, that's why they want to put it in Aquatica, because you think you'll get a lot of tourists to go there. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I do think it's a bigger sports town. Like it's to me, it's worthy of getting another franchise. Like, I mean, obviously, it was never going to happen, right? They're never getting an NFL team or an NHL team. But I feel like the NFL would have worked in Orlando, in an alternate universe. Yeah, I think football is. It would, it would be. But I think football thing. can work in almost any market, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, no way we're convincing the people that don't want to drive to St. Pete to drive to Orlando for a baseball game. Not happening. Exactly. It's. People don't drive to baseball games except on the weekend, and attendance is not a problem on the weekend. It's the Monday through Thursday games that you got to be concerned with. Uh, Jordan says uh, the Rowdies need to revitalize their MLS bid, and the Rays' ownership needs to embrace that side of their investment, too. They would make amazing return on their investment if they marketed the Rays and Rowdies correctly. Well, I think at one point, I think this is still very viable, that, um, that could work. Sternberg looked at what Arthur Blank did in Atlanta. I mean, who thought Atlanta was a soccer market? And I was actually there at the press conference when they announced the MLS bid. I still have my Atlanta scarf. Oh, yeah, collector's item, right? Um, yeah, and 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 I was I was a little skeptical myself because basically Arthur <laughs> Arthur was dating this woman that, and they, they were living together, and he was a stepfather to their kids, and the kids played soccer. So he became this huge soccer fan, and the kids were always soccer fans. So he's like, okay, let me get an MLS team, and I'll build a new stadium in downtown. He was still building the Mercedes-Benz at that particular point. I'm like, wow, <laughs> your girlfriend likes soccer, and the kids like soccer, so I'm going to go buy an MLS team, and I'll put up a new stadium. And dadgum, if they didn't fill the freaking stadium. Yeah, and we're talking about... They, they have bigger crowds than the Falcons. No, no, we're talking about Mercedes-Benz here. Now. Yes. We're talking 65,000 people for a soccer game yeah. all the time. Bananas. Yeah. So I think Stu saw that and said, well, let's build a dome. In, and that's because that's when he bought the Rowdies. Oh, the, the, the Rowdies would do so well yeah. if they had an MLS, if they were an MLS. And, and if, you had to, the, if the baseball stadium would also be the soccer home for that team, you'd have an indoor venue in downtown Tampa. You don't think the, and you got an MLS team, you don't think that would do well here? Crush it. It would crush it. Yeah. And how many games does MLS team have? 40? Typically, it's like 35. Yeah, 40. so that's another 15 to 20 It's a long season, dates. too. Plus, as if you're Tampa and you have a dome stadium that you can play soccer in, you know, I'm guessing that you're going to get a lot of exhibitions 
and a lot more things as well to put to do in that state. That's why when you're talking about an indoor downtown Tampa stadium, it's so much more than just a baseball stadium. We were talking about the Ebor Stadium. We were talking about that. You walk through it, businessman special, put a freaking sports book in there that's open 24-7. That place will be packed, you know, all of it. So, yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. The great uh, and handsome Dan Lucas will join us via StreamYard. So we'll see his handsome face and get his wonderful takes on all things Tampa Bay sports. And also uh, Dave Canales, offensive coordinator, is speaking as we speak And we will pass along some of the pertinent quotes. We already have a new offensive line lineup to share with you when we come back. Stay with us. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is Fan Stream Sports with JP. 
All right, welcome back. Yeah, and welcome to our new sponsor there. Um, if you are getting uh, taken off the Medicaid rolls that you got put on during COVID for your health insurance, a lot of folks, as I said, 1.7 million people in Florida are losing that coverage. So just uh, call that number that we mentioned right there and uh, find out what kind of subsidy you can get and use the Affordable Care Act to get some great health insurance at a low, low cost. All right, let's uh, bring in our good friend from WFLA, News Channel 8, my former colleague and handsome fella. How do you keep that hair like that, man? He's, he's still got all oh, that hair up is, there, man. I, this, is, uh, this is bedhead, dude. I know. It just pisses me off. You, 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 don't, have, you don't have product yeah, well, in there, yeah, you, you got you got a, a freaking hell of hair going on. You put product the day before, and then you go through your daily life, then you go to bed and sleep with your head mashed into the pillow and it wakes up, it's beautiful. <laughs> it still looks great, yeah. Perfect. Uh, so um, <laughs> our good friend, I, I don't know if I've got Pat Williams coming on the show tomorrow. I know you've interviewed him many times. He's the best. Um, but he wants, you know, I think I think Pat has, has reached a little too far on the dreamer scale here and wants to build a $1 uh, billion dollar baseball stadium in Orlando. What a great press conference yesterday. He uh, He was fielding questions. And he was waiting to. He couldn't wait to get to the uh, to the artist renditions, of the, you know, of the, of the, the ballpark. Part. And he goes, <laughs> so people are raising their hands, they're asking questions, and in, and in mid in mid answer, he stops. He interrupts himself and goes, "All right, all right enough of that. Let's get let's get to the pictures." <laughs> I, I can't dazzle you with my words anymore. Let's show you the pictures oh. of the comic book and let, let us know. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I do. I, I'll give you my opinion that <clears throat> I he's he's eccentric, says what he wants to say. He's kind of typical in that sense of anybody in that role. But he did pull. He helped pull off the Orlando Magic, which he was did. laughed at back then. He did. Um, and they've got a new arena now, and, and built and two arenas. The, yeah, yeah, two arenas. So um, I think that. In all honesty, Orlando should be taken seriously as a as a uh, an expansion candidate. I do. I, outside of the state of Florida, this is not popular at all uh, because people are you don't need three Florida teams, blah, blah, blah. and then so everybody's trying to piece this together. Oh well, this means they're going to get the Rays, and of course, Pat was asked about the Rays yesterday, and what is he supposed to say? Oh, of course, we'd welcome them if they couldn't get a uh, something done in the Tampa Bay area, but. Um, I, I truly think he's interested in expansion. Personally, I don't think he's interested in the Rays. He wants to, we, you know him. Yeah. He wants to go out on his own and say he did it. Uh, he didn't rescue the Rays is, is how it's being portrayed. Um, so I think they need to be taken seriously because uh, baseball is going to add two teams here, I guess, in the next two or three years, at least announce it. Um, well, I, so. would, I, I would take umbrage with that as much as I love Pat Williams because, okay, once – he wants to he wants to get Orlando to throw in a bill. Okay, good luck with that. I don't know if there's there's public th- uh, thirst for spending a billion dollars on a baseball team that most of the people of Orlando probably really don't care about. Uh, second of all, who's coming up with the two billion dollar expansion fee? Right. <laughs> well, and he, well, he was and he was pressed on ownership. There's no owner. Right. Right. And it, and of course he did his uh, hey anybody out there in America <laughs> two billion laying around so I, I th- so that to me ruins the credibility when that's all you've got I remember uh, you know a few years ago our good our good buddy Bill Edwards who used to own the Tampa Bay Rowdy um, wanted to get the Rowdies in the MLS right uh, in their yeah. in their last round of expansion and he had 
kind of the same ideas. He had this wonderful rendition where they were going to remodel Link Stadium, take it to like whatever seventeen, eighteen thousand. It was it was gorgeous. You had the waterfront view and all that. And in the end, it was it, it amounted to it was nothing. Uh, and they weren't even a, a finalist. So this is kind of the same thing, in my opinion. Without without it, it's it's about bucks, the money. Right. They right. want the big bucks. Period. That's how people get expansion. That's what MLS wound up doing. Yeah, uh, finding the big pockets. Um, I think Major League Baseball is going to do the same thing. Every market that wants baseball, Montreal included, Nashville, Charlotte, Salt Lake City, they all have a great case. But who has the money? Who That's has, well, has $3.5 billion to get it done, to build a stadium and to pay the expansion fee? Well, Dan, I, got, I know two people, and you know them very well, who are in our backyard, and they're also across the pond, and hopefully they're about to be like $7 billion richer. <laughs> I don't know what their baseball acumen is, but well, I know somebody right there who has a lot of money. How's their soccer well, acumen, guys? I know. Yeah, I, well, here's, here's I saw your shirt, so I had to bring yeah. it up. I I can tell you this: the um, the sale of Manchester United is fascinating. It's it's two hours worth of discussion, but uh, they are in an absolute stalemate at the moment on what they're going to do with this team because originally, when it was you know a year ago or so. When it was, you know, the Glazers are exploring ideas on what to do. Was, oh, they're selling. Well, then this this bid from a from a Qatari sheikh <laughs> comes in, and he's bidding for one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, is it, it milk was fascinating. Shake or is it sheikh? I don't know what is it. What? Shake, sheikh. It was it was it was shake. Lots of dollars was, was what it was. Shake that sheikh. It it turned out to be not as as easy of a of a deal to happen as you would think, and then other uh, prospects came in. That wanted sixty nine percent of the club, which was the Glazers' ownership, and so then that, the latest is the Glazer family themselves are divided on what to do, and this Ooh. is all reports that they don't talk about it. In, uh, I, in Europe, they have they, they go after these poor guys. Abi, who's over there uh, mostly full time, and also Joel, right. they stalk him at all the NFL meetings. They won't talk about it, but there is apparently division within the family over who wants out. Who wants to stay in, and that's where that is right now. Well, so, it, it, how does that translate to Major League Baseball? I don't think they're in a position where they could just say, "All right, we're free of Man U, so let's do this venture." I, I figured it out. I got the whole deal done. Right, just in this, you, you, you are my muse, Lucas. You give me this inspiration, as you, you, you as well. So you just mentioned they're gonna they're gonna pocket about eight billion, right? Well, right. guess, guess what? There's already talk because Raymond James Stadium is so old. It's 30 years old. <laughs> that we have to build a new football stadium. Okay. And we need we need new local ownership for the Rays. That's clear. We would we would all like that to get this deal done because obviously Stu can't can't figure it out, doesn't want to part with the money. So why don't we just have the, the Glazers sell Man U, sell, you know, give Stu a piece or whatever, sell Man U for the $8 billion, okay, and then – we build a brand new multi-use dome, like a big dome. Now I know they've tried to do the baseball, football combos in the past. The, the you know the riverfront in Atlanta it was a disaster. Right. You know Atlanta, you know Oakland still has theirs. It's a disaster. I think we've come further in technology. I think from technology basis now, we can come up with a design that can accommodate a football field, a soccer field. And a baseball field all in a dome in a beautiful vacation tropical paradise in Tampa, Florida. 
and now we can be back in the hunt for Super Bowls and All-Star Games. It'll be the biggest multi-purpose stadium, and the Glazers will own the Rays. They'll own the Bucks. They'll have an MLS team, the Rowdies, going on in there. That poor grounds crew. I'm done. Is all I can think about. <laughs> They're gonna flip that thing. Figured the whole thing out. Uh, you know, that every William, night is gonna Orlando's, be action. We'll put it. We'll put it in between Orlando and Tampa, right? And we'll get the billion dollars from Orlando. We'll send a billion. I got the whole damn thing figured out. We're done. If you want to really piss off Orlando? Tell them they'll play. They can play magic games there too. <laughs> we'll do everything here. We'll just do everything. Right, exactly. USF exactly. will take the money from the USF dome, and we'll put it in. It's gonna be a multi-perfect. It's gonna, it's gonna actually move. It's gonna be like a spaceship, and it's gonna. We'll move it to wherever the games are. We'll just, we'll move it around. That's how technologically like the, uh, advances. We'll move it to Orlando for a little while. We'll put it in Lakeland. Yeah. <laughs> Like That's brilliant. the old idea. That's the old idea of uh, planting a big giant barge <laughs> in the <laughs> bay with, with, a, with a stadium on it and just let it float wherever it floats. And tonight the Rays are playing. Look, where are they're they? Starting oh, they're in, they're starting in Tampa, but we're going to end up yeah. in St. Pete. <laughs> so we'll, we'll start exactly. in Tampa. We'll float it across during the game. And then, exactly. we'll, and then after the game, we got the better bars in St. Pete right down there to go to. And then everybody could just offload to uh, to their uh, to That's their the controversy because then people flying cars you. and go home and ah, they're automated flying cars. The, we got it all current, figured out. The currents in Tampa Bay are biased. They're pushing the ballpark to the bars in St. Pete after the game. This is fixed. All we of do, this ring. We do pregame pregame in Tampa and then postgame and say back and forth. Who knows? I mean, we got it all figured out. This is you get a hammer, you get, I can see you getting hammered at the ballpark and walking out going, "This ain't South Howard. Where am I?" <laughs> Where am I? What is going on I almost here? did a spit take, Lucas. That's <laughs> exactly. That would have cost my computer. There's so many great uh, ideas we have, and we're, we're, we're and, why are and we we're, not? You know what we're going to do? We're going to spend a right. billion dollars on a stadium in a failed location in St. Petersburg. Er, 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 good job, guys. <laughs> well, That's Pat Williams thinks that they're they're going to get. Uh, he thinks he, the number he gave was 975 million from tourism tax. <laughs> where, however, you tap into that. Um, and it was, you know, it's, was the mayor it's, it's, there? It was, was Buddy Dwyer there? Is Buddy still the mayor there? I don't even know. It was, uh, it, it was, I don't know. But, uh, our buddy, our good buddy Mike Bianchi was there. I, I haven't looked for his columns today about it. He's, he, he'll uh, sometimes he's, he can write some kooky stuff. Oh, but he, he, he's he'll, all he'll, in, he'll, he's all in on the Rays moving to Orlando. That's uh, what he wrote. Yes, he wrote, he yes, wrote he is big column. on the Rays. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like he's a big St. Pete, Tampa Bay basher. But um, yeah, we got no. I mean, Dan, we got no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just think the, the the Orlando itself should be taken seriously for MLB. But are the Rays going to go there? Hell no, they're not going there. No, I was just saying no it's like we got we got a whole we got a horrible fan base apparently, and we got a team <laughs> that's cheating. I mean, we just don't have we just yes. don't have anything. We don't have anything <laughs> to way, bring to the table. By, by the way, uh, I can't wait till JP is a guest on WFAN. They're going to love you. <laughs> you mean? <laughs> This JP or the Bronx JP? Which one you want? Which one you want? You want the, Bronx, JP. You want the guy running Louis Pizza? Or phone. you want JP? Which one, which one you They're going to call you up. You're going to answer the phone. Oh, JP. Oh, hang on a second. Let me go get him. Let me get Louis. Louis. <laughs> hey. Let me go get him a second, and then you bring yourself back in. What the F uh, you want? What the F you want, Cotton? What? Tremendous. Let's go. Tremendous. Tremendous but stuff. The best but, part, uh, I think, oh. if I may say this, my favorite part of my own rant. 
was how how educated I got through the you know to the actual success of the raids. By the end of the day, Louis the pizza guy had figured it out. <laughs> when Carton and Ever and what the, the Roberts couldn't figure it out, but, but Louis the pizza guy figured it out at the end. Hey, they're just better than you. They do things smarter than you. They're, <laughs> exactly. They just throw money at it like Cashman has done for fifteen years of non-success. Um, you know, we do it a little better here in Tampa. No, they're cheating. God, it's so so ridiculous. Uh, it drives, drives me nuts. And and I'm a big fan of New York. I love going to the city and visiting, have friends there. I used to. Uh, but but the uh, the whole aura of, of Yankees over everybody else I, to me, it's a bunch of bunch of BS. Well, now they're second know. in their own city to the Mets. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've walked around Manhattan the day of a Yankee game many afternoons. Nobody gives a crap that the Yankees are playing that night. But you've got so many people there that if right. you, not, you, you can you can put twenty five or thirty thousand in that ballpark like that, right? And it's like all of a sudden it's a great baseball city. I, I, it's just whatever. Yeah, when you cares. get twenty five million people there, you know the yeah. percentage of people that they put in there compared to the percentage of people that go to Rays games. I would guess our percentage is way higher because of the. the uh, I, it, I I'm sure there's a way to, to yeah. look at you know to get that number, but I I just. But uh, we both went to Florida people, State, and that's not happening. Yeah, I don't. I, it, personally, I, I think it's funny. I I, I thought that the uh, the WFAN rant was pretty funny myself, yeah. but uh, I know well, the Rays fans and any fan base is sensitive. So I don't think Rays fans are should be made fun of for being sensitive to that, nor should any. Well, team. I don't think it's being sensitive. Uh, it's just you you know. You, you literally said in your comments, I have no evidence to back this up. And you, yeah, brought, yeah, well, you brought zero facts second, to the table, but but I'm going to say goes, they're cheating. I'm not saying it. <laughs> I'm not saying it, but for the next two minutes, I'm going to say it. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, no, I, you know what? Let's, let's, what, what do you do? You have to, you've got time. you got time. It's the beauty of radio is, you have time to, yep. to say whatever you want and, and, and form your thought and defend it if people are, are not in line with it. That's fine. But sometimes sometimes these guys, they hit a point where they got to make a conversation about something, and that's where they chose to go? Yeah. I mean, to me, look at every single division in baseball. Instead of ripping on the Rays for being the number one team right now, uh, look, at, look at the AL East and where your team is in relative uh, to that. And look how bad the rest of the divisions are in baseball. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we may, we can laugh at the Yankees in last place, but the AL East and all from top to bottom right now is just insane. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like this series in, in Baltimore right now, the Rays, you know, that lead's not big over the Orioles. The Rays, if the Rays lose that game tonight, the Orioles have chipped away two games already. So um, the AL East is an absolute monster. Just have fun with it. Respect it. Don't. Yeah. Don't make fun of it. The Rays are going to hit a lull this summer. Every single team does. The only thing the Rays have done right now is give themselves a cushion to absorb that lull. Right. It's inevitable for every baseball team. And then once you hit, get into August, late in September, now what are you made of? Right. It's fine. Somebody's got to be in first place. Give yeah. me a break. They're stomping them the way they're doing it. All right, we just got an update from Dave Canales that the new offensive line looks like Tristan Wirfs at left tackle, mm-hmm. Matt Filer, who they signed in the offseason at left guard, obviously okay. Jensen at center. Uh, we have it named open, right, open competition at right guard. Open competition like. at right guard and Gedeke at right tackle. Yeah. So I would say Hainsey is going to be your right yeah. guard 
um, or your right tackle, depending on how, how bad Gedeke turns out to be. Um, and, and, and by now, the way, remember, we talked about this not too long ago, and I said Gedeke should be the right tackle. You, you said Hazy. Yeah, and did. my thought process, my however this plays out, just simply because Gedeke was a converted tight end uh, in college, they taught him you know, size up, and they taught him how to play tackle. That's how, what he was taught. And he was a very good college uh, right tackle. Um, that's what I base mine off of. Yeah. Which is, and so, yeah, okay, well, how can you put him in the best position to succeed? Well, we saw what he did at guard. He had a hard time. So let's just see what he does at the tackle position, where I believe I've never played O-line before, but the, the right tackle is a fairly athletic position. Yes. Right? Yeah. Not yes. so much, you're not so much pass protect as the left side as you are uh, used sometimes getting off and helping the run. You know, there's, there's different aspects to right tackle uh, that he might be better at. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, when you look at the Bucks in general, we, we've been talking, we talked about some Monday because the whole Peter King column <laughs> came out, and he's not alone in this. So everyone thinks the Bucks are going to be one of the worst teams in football this year, right? <laughs> well, the ske- they're not playing internationally, so Europe doesn't want them. Yeah, Europe doesn't want the Bucks. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I thought we took Germany by storm, too. But I guess I was wrong. Yeah. We've been kicked yeah. to the curb there. But yeah, everybody... Das head coach, Todd Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> but, every, but everyone thinks this team's going to be really bad. And like everybody's like, we've been saying this. This team has too many talented players. And I'm like, how many things have to go bad for the Bucks to be picking number two? Like a lot of people are saying, or to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Do you kind of see it the same way? Like, Do you think the Bucks are going to be this horrible team this year? No, I don't. I, I see them. Well, there's no such thing as 500 anymore. So so you're on one side of the line or the other. Last year they were 8-9. and nine. Um, To get to 8-9 and nine this year, um, it's going to be tough. But 7 is realistic, I think, and 8 is probably, is probably attainable. I still don't think the NFC South is – is uh, over the top. It's exciting in the quarterback, uh, you know, realm. You know, with the new quarterbacks, but uh, it's it's still going to be a very winnable division with, excuse me, eight nine wins. But that's they got to get to that line somehow. I mean, they're going to win ten eleven games, no. But um, if you can get to seven or eight, you may not be a playoff team, but you're definitely relevant. You're not going to be a high draft pick. To tank, what is what is tanking now? Three wins, four. Yeah, yeah. So that that's I just don't see that being possible. Not with Todd Bowles' job on the line. I don't and, and see this, that. So I'm looking. I'm looking at the now schedule comes out tomorrow night, right? And yeah. And look at their schedule, and you know it's going to be a first place schedule. So home, you got you know, and look at the look at the quarterbacks that they're going to be playing. Home, you got Chicago, Justin Fields. You got Detroit, which will probably be Goff's yeah. um, You got and you got the Jaguars coming in with Trevor Lawrence. The Titans, TBD, TBD on that quarterback right? situation. You got the Eagles. Right. Okay, that should be a fun game at home. You got the Panthers and Bryce Young. You got uh, obviously the Saints with Derek Carr and then Desmond Ritter. They're going to play a lot of young quarterbacks on the road. Jordan Love and the pa- and the Packers, Minnesota probably going to be Cousins still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Houston, they're going to start C.J. Stroud. Indianapolis, they're going to start Anthony Richardson. Uh, San Francisco, going to start Brock Purdy. Maybe if he's even back. Yeah, the Bills, uh, obviously, and then the Panthers. Then you got your home opponent. So they play yeah. a lot of young quarterbacks next year. I, I, I see a lot more than three wins on this 
schedule for this team. Yeah. And, and, and our, our thing this whole time, Dan, I don't know if you agree with this, and, I, and we hate saying it because we love Todd Bowles so much, but um, as a person, but he's the, he's the wild card. He's got to be better. He's got to create a better yeah. culture. He's got to have accountability. He's got to be better in managing games than you know, take, telling Tom Brady with 45 seconds left, you're not good enough to go down the field, run it, don't use the timeout. I mean, we just you can't have that. He's got to be better. So I think this roster is good enough to certainly compete for a division championship. They're not winning the Super Bowl. Who knows? But, right. I mean, they're not the second-worst team in the league unless your head coach is a complete knucklehead, and I don't think he's right. that. What do you think? I think we put I think we put a lot of the uh, credence into these power polls, preseason rankings, and and uh, definitely are a respectable, reputable uh, legend is Peter King. His opinion matters, and mm-hmm. it's not uneducated. However, it's a, it's an opinion, and we all we talk about the same thing in college football. We have these way too early rankings, and things don't shake out. Um, it's just. It's not. It's just for you to read and absorb and, and do what we're doing, have discussions. And somebody's got to be ranked ahead of other teams. But I think the Bucks are being punished for, for obviously Tom Brady, but but uh, the lack of names uh, due to free agency. Um, but the but when you look at what's coming back on this team, um, offensively, I mean, do they suck at wide receiver? I don't think so. Uh, the run game, I think, is going to get better. Yep. And I think that the Bucks are hedging everything on being a better defense. And so you, you're going to get to what, what's a target number per game. Just mentioned all these quarterbacks. So give me a number. Under 20. So if you can hold your opponent under 20, you have a chance. Yeah. I think that's what they're hedging it on this year. And I think that there's going to be plenty of games where they're holding opponents to 17 points, 19 points. And now can you get 21? That's, that's the challenge. Yeah, and I think last year, like, the defense was really struggled against, like, the really good teams in the league. Yeah. That's why I thought they were a bit of posers, honestly, throughout the season. But they've they definitely gotten faster on the defense. We saw that in the draft, especially with the pick of Kalijah Kansi. Uh, this Ryan Neal got all pro votes, and he was there in free agency, and I think he's an upgrade, yeah. a big upgrade over a Logan Ryan Keanu Neal. So maybe this defense will be even better. And last year, it's just a fact, when the Bucks ran the ball and got over 100 yards, I think they went undefeated last year when they ran for over 100 yards. So if you can get the run game to a better spot and the defense can be a little bit better against some of these better teams, who's to say it doesn't work out? Oh, and by the way, we love Tom Brady, but Baker Mayfield brings more to the table now now than Brady does. Just on the the fact alone that you can do so much more with the offense, you can open it up, and he can move a little bit. So I am a little bit more optimistic about them this year than maybe last year we failed to realize. Uh, I, I'm a believer that the run game, the offensive run game, uh, is it's not only a time eater or clock management thing, but it's also a field flipper. So if a drive is not going to get points, at least the run game is going to get you to a point where you punt them inside their 20 and make it difficult uh, for them to come out if you're ready defensively. And so I think a good run game can can definitely control that, but and that's also the element that I think Baker Mayfield brings to this: uh, the ability uh, to turn and go and get six yards if he needs to uh, that they didn't have uh, with Tom Brady. So huge! Uh, it's very interesting, very interesting for me to see. And by the way, um, as far as preseason odds, and we always think that Vegas knows everything. Eh, you know who was the second best odds by far last year to win the Super Bowl before the season? 
Oh, was it the Bucks? It was the Bucks. <laughs> How'd that work out? Know. You know where the Eagles yeah. were? Uh, far down in the middle of the pack. Um, yeah, and Vegas doesn't screw up often. No. So that tells well, you. Well, I, I think their their totals are you know preseason stuff is is a little bit you know not as good. I mean, you go through it. I'm going through it right now, and there's a lot of misses in here. You know, they had the Rams winning ten games; they won five. You know. Um, yeah. So there's the, 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 the preseason polls are just what you say. They're there for fodder, and you know the rankings, whatever you want to say. This Bucks team to me is going to be way better than people think. So we'll see. Uh, this you, is the time of year, by the way, if you if you like to, to wager on a team or your team or, or who you, if you look at the odds and you think, boy, Vegas has this wrong. This is the time to go all in because once the games start. Everything changes and right. becomes realistic. Right, right. So exactly. if you think if you have a Super Bowl sleeper and they're getting bashed at the sports book, take them. Take them. Take, take them. them. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And uh, by the way, um, happy uh, Toronto golfing night. Yeah, I never in my year. life thought I would be excited about a Florida Panthers game. I. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't, I don't we, we call them the stinking Panthers. We don't like them either. Yeah. But we certainly don't like Toronto. And what they're with Toronto, we were the better team. I mean, let's go. Let's be honest. They got lucky to win the series. Good for them. And they celebrated like they won the freaking Stanley Cup. Whoops. Oh, we got more games. Is this how this yeah, works? Yeah, that was. Once you, you know, win the first round, you don't win the Stanley Cup. Oh, it, it's been so long. We didn't know. Oh, there was another being, series uh, to win. Being uh, in the room when uh, Sheldon Keith spoke after they uh after that uh game six went here um it did sound like and, and i'm listening to the reporters ask questions there's obviously all canadian media in the front asking the questions and i'm sitting there and listening and i go this did they just win a championship <laughs> they were he was talking about you know john Tavares. what an honor it is to see a young man come home and live out his dream and all this i'm like He's, this is the first round of the playoffs. You know, Tavares raised the cup. That's your that's your quote. Right, right. This, and then and then we found out they had cases of beer in the locker room. I'm like, come on, it's come the on, first round. act like you've been there. It's the first yeah, round. And, and their stars, the whole Marner, Matthews, Riley, and Tavares, they have combined for zero goals. Yeah, in three it's incredible. Zero. To be goals. honest with you, to be honest. And we always have to say credit to the Leafs for, for uh, answering the Lightning and getting to those overtime goals. Yeah. And shame on the Lightning. Yes. Uh, the Leafs haven't played a good game of hockey since game two nope. in the first they round. They haven't. They it's bad. So you're saying all those, so, all those tip-ins and off the skates, they go away eventually, and then you got to really earn the goals? Then you got to earn it, yeah, for, exactly. And, and, and breaks come your way when you earn them, for sure. We've yeah. seen the Lightning get those breaks, but yeah. uh, they didn't happen. That's fine. The Lightning aren't crying and pissing and moaning about it. They're uh, turning the page, ready for you know for what they can do next year. But uh, you th- I would have thought that Toronto would have been flying right now as, right. A, as a favorite. Uh, and this is a dead team walking. Crazy. So, Crazy yeah. how this NHL works. All right, my friend, always fun to visit with you. Thanks for getting up with your bedhead. It's great to see you. Uh, what do you guys got coming up this Sunday? You want to promote anything? Uh, this week, we're going out to rookie camp this week. We're going to find some of the guys. and I, I know everybody wants to hear from the draft picks. I do, too. Uh, but I'm going to sniff out some of these uh, undrafted guys and, and see what stories we can come up with because those are my those are the best stories. These guys who are 
literally putting their dreams on yeah, the line at, a, yeah. at, at practice. This, this is Super Bowl week for those guys. Yeah. And uh, so I want to I want to find some of those guys because there's always idea. one. There's always one. Somehow we'll latch onto the practice squad after camp, and we're going to fall in love with them. So let's let's find that guy Sean this weekend. Tucker. Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker's got a great story already yeah, coming does. in. Yes, has absolutely. Your, has your ticker, Sean Tucker? If it, I mean, he has that heart ailment. If it if it's if that's fixed, whoa, what a steal the Bucks got there. Who needs Ezekiel? Absolutely. Who needs an old broken down Ezekiel Elliott when we got Sean Tucker? Now we got plenty. <laughs> we got Rashad White. We got Keyshawn. We got Chase, Chase Edmonds. Edmonds. We're fine. We don't need Ezekiel Elliott. All right. No, we, you don't need that salary cap headache. No, exactly. <laughs> what I don't see. No. All right, partner. Good to chat with you. So we'll catch up okay. with you down the line. The great I'll man, go, boys. Right there. Be good. All right. Can't wait for the multi-purpose stadium. I mean, we solved every issue. We solved every issue. In about two minutes of brainstorming bada bing, bada boom. Said one thing, and your wheels were spinning right away. I, I just had the whole <laughs> thing done. They, they buy the Rays. They're the only who's, – who's a billionaire out there? Do you get capital gains when you sell Man United for twice what you paid and you make $4 billion? And, uh, so you have to reinvest. So go buy the Rays, right, and then – one point five. Well, what I do want to know though is buy, how much. Buy them now how much of that money 5. that they're going to get is to pay off debt? Oh, they've already paid off the debt. I understand I though; they I, have a lot yeah. of debt though. Still, they might. Yeah. I don't know how because they they've made so much money. Mm. Made so much money. Like, you do, know, do they have any they debt own, with the bucks? The, do we know? No, that? they have known the bucks free and clear. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they own that. They've paid that off a long time ago. So that's worth. God, what's that worth? Five billion. What are, what are the NFL teams going for now? What did the, the, the Broncos command, just went the for? The Commanders are a crappy franchise and just sold for what six million? Yeah, so six you million. Got, you got so they've got plenty of money. They could buy the Rays for one point five. Uh, you know, put another billion for a multi-use stadium, and of course Hillsborough County, if they're going to get a baseball stadium and a football stadium, they can put in a lot more money for that. Because you're doing both, because they're already worried about having to do the baseball. If they do the baseball stadium, that's one of the reasons they not they don't want to compete. You know, maybe as much as St. Petersburg does to the Rays, because they know they got the Bucks coming up, and the Bucks are more important than the Rays. Yeah. So be, people haven't talked about that, but if there's, and then I know the baseball football thing didn't work in the past, but that was with old technology. You got to believe that they could build a massive dome. For two point five billion, which is what two separate stadiums would cost, three billion, you know, at least two billion, and have this, you know, you can put it right next to where Raymond James is now, or you could build it downtown in Ybor. You probably don't have the, the space for that there, but you could build it certainly where Raymond James yeah. is. It is wild. It is wild idea in the world. It is wild to me though that there are legit discussions about the Bucks need a new stadium already. I know. I, I don't. I, I mean, maybe I'm biased or something. I've never been to another NFL stadium, so I got nothing to base it off of. Well, I've been to Tennessee for the, uh, which is almost a carbon, copy which is a carbon copy. Yeah. But from what I understand, similar. Tennessee didn't really take care of that stadium well, and it's it's aged very poorly. And I yeah. saw that when we were there for that stadium series yeah. game. Yeah. I could see that. But yeah. the Raymond James, they've invested so much into it and made it a great atmosphere. It seems it seems like a brand new stadium, especially when you go inside it. The new clubs. And everything else they put into it, I just that stadium's got to have at least twenty yeah, million. Yeah, I just I, I hate where we're going. Where it's like we got to have a dome on yeah, everything. everything. Yeah. I I mean I can't stand that. Yeah. I, every time I see like one of these big games in these domes, it's so antiseptic. like the atmosphere to me gets sucked out of it. Yeah. I don't know why it just gets absolutely it's, sucked out. And when out. you watch a game in the Rose Bowl, 
oh, it just feels different. Even though on TV, and if you've ever been there for a big game, I'm telling you, folks, you know, there's, there's energies in this world at certain places, you know. I'm a big believer in that. And I don't, I don't know what the energy is around that freaking Rose Bowl, but it seems like every time there's a big game, it's something magical happens in that place. It is just, and when you go into it, it's just between the weather and the trees and the mountains and the green grass well, look at even, and the old stadium. It's just like, I don't even care that there's no amenities in that place. Now, if I had to go to 41 home, you know. It's almost like how games. you probably didn't care growing up. There was, I'm sure the Orange Bowl was, oh a, God, was no. a dump from the minute it, it was, was built. And I don't you think, want to talk about but, a dump. I, but I don't think anybody oh really God. cared no, we necessarily. Didn't, we, we didn't have anything. There was nothing better. I mean, stadiums were just nothing but seats. Seats, and we're going to throw a couple of you know hot dog stands in there. And I mean, I, I grew up in that. I know what that place smelled like. I walked. I oh my god, I could do a whole freak, freaking show. On I mean, the, the most the most historic stadiums, like at least in college sports, like but that place was a piece. Of like shit. yeah, you think of that one. You think of like Notre Dame, South Bend. Like yeah. that atmosphere looks great. The yeah. big house is always amazing. Like. The best stadiums around here are, are, out, outside. are outside, Yes, and maybe they're not buttoned up and have all the polish on them, right? But there's a character to it. Even when you go to AT&T, which is, has some character to it inside. So Jerry World? Jerry World, yeah. It, it's, but it's still antiseptic. It's not like a real outdoor stadium. So anyway, let's take a break. We might come back and talk a little bit about that, but I want to get into more of what Dave Canales said today. Harold Godwin uh, did some some stuff as well at the mic, so we'll get into some of those quotes and what did we learn about uh, the Bucks today as they get set for rookie minicamp um, and some really interesting players. Well, that, that draft class has so much potential. Uh, we'll talk about it when we come back. Brought to you by the Chiefs Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, and the Pro Padel League. We'll tell you about that as well. Stay with us. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. 
Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by uh, the Pro Padel League, which is starting up this weekend up at the Sarah Vandenberg Complex in Zephyr Hills. So if you're not doing anything this weekend and you want to see one of the fastest growing, most exciting sports in the world, come check out the Pro Padel League. 
I'll be emceeing the festivities Friday night. Uh, former uh, world tennis champions Juan Martin Del Potro will be there. He's one of the team owners. Sebastian uh, Giovenko, Giov- did I say that right? He's the MLS MVP. He owns the uh, Toronto team. Uh, Tommy Haas oh, yeah. is one of the uh, owners of the San Diego team, I believe. Um, they've got um, a lot of stars that are part of this league. And it's you got to go check it out. Just put in Pro Padel League and go on YouTube. And it's like racquetball and pick- pickleball all in one. Really big in Spain, really big in Mexico and the European countries. And they're, they're now having a North American league. So um, they put a lot of money into it, too. So it's, it's going to be fun. I would say come on up and check out these players. It is an incredible game and fun to watch. If you watch pickleball and you think that's great, wait till you see Padel. It's crazy. So uh, check that out this weekend. And you can go to uh, just type in uh, PPL League Pro Padel and you'll come up on, uh, you can get tickets, get the whole nine. It'll be fun. So check it out. I'll be there all weekend long. Um, A couple other, uh, I want to get to some of the, comments that are coming in today by the way thank you guys for always commenting richie and rj martin and jordan you guys are awesome uh jordan says uh absolutely jp the county has plenty of money as a county employee i can assure you the coffers are just full looking to be spent the bocc was pleasantly surprised by how much of a surplus they have yeah all these bed taxes have gone through the roof hillsborough county has set a record with their uh, occupancy tax because they've got so many more hotels and so many more people are coming that they have a lot more money than they thought they would. So I, I still think Hillsborough County is very much in it. They're just sitting there waiting to see what goes down in Pinellas. And I think Major League Baseball does not want that thing done in Pinellas anyway. And Stu's going to you know, turn towards Tampa and take the best deal he can get over there, which will be you know, probably the same deal he could have had uh, four years ago with Ybor City, where he's going to have to pay half, which he said he will be willing to pay now. So... We'll, we'll, we'll see what's – I think this is far from done. Uh, and, by the way, Jordan also mentioned that uh, the Tampa Bay Times did – there was um, some release of some text messages. We talked about this on yesterday's show. You know, yes, they're still trying to keep it quiet, but what it looks like is the Rays are willing to kick in half of the $1.2 billion that is going to be uh, assigned to the stadium part of this project, so $600 million, but he wants to keep all of the – Naming rights, which will probably eat up, you know, could be 300, 400, 500 million of that. So essentially, he's not going to pay anything for that half. And, you know, St. Petersburg, the city's going to end up paying six to eight hundred million dollars for this stadium. And I just I don't think there's I don't think there's any public support for it. You know, judging from what, what when the butt rays were thinking about doing that stadium on downtown on the beach, they were, you know, down on, on the beach drive. You know, overwhelmingly, the residents of St. Pete said, no, we don't want that. We don't want it. So, and I don't think they want to spend that much money on Tropicana Field when they can spend it on a convention center or more affordable housing or um, just more downtown stuff. So, all right, what do we got from... um, uh, yeah, I wanted to get to the to the uh, the Bucks if we if we yes. want to move over to there. Yes. The things that came from Canales. So we talked about the offensive line, and I'm I have to ask you this. I wonder how this lands because they made it sound like that Matt Filer has left guard locked down. Right? He's signed. He's our left guard. Everybody else is competing for right guard at this point. Does that seem like that should really be the play this early? Because no. I think Nick Leverett played yeah. pretty well. And I did. I compared the two 
And Matt Filer last year, and again, this is all PFF, so take it for what you will, graded out at 53.3. So he was one of the worst guards ranked in the league last year. And gave up, had six penalties and five sacks allowed. Nick Leverett rated as a 64, so he was right on the average to above average line for a guard, which I think is all you need. Yeah. Uh, only two penalties, and how about zero sacks allowed for Nick Leverett? <laughs> I, I, I don't. Everybody. I don't understand. Poops on this guy, but I watched the tape. I know, and he's, I thought he. There, I think there's a nastiness to his game yes, that I like. Yes. I love that he's undrafted, and he's got a lot of. He, he kind of plays like an undrafted guy, always trying to stick in the league. I, I know they brought in Filer, and they want a veteran there, but I think Nick Leverett might be a better player at this. How point. big is Filer? Uh, six six three thirty. Okay. So he's a unit compared right. to Leverett, who's six four three ten. Okay. Well, so if they're know, trying to run the ball, maybe I understand. They kept saying last year that they were undersized, undersized offensive line. And with Hainsey up there, maybe they were. But I don't see how 6'4", 310 is, uh, is small. Under, yeah, <laughs> and, you know, and if you're 6'5", 330 and you can't move and you're, you're graded 10 percentage points lower than Nick Leverett, how in the hell are you automatically the starter there? And he's like, what, five, six years older than Nick Leverett, too? So he's clearly going to be less athletic as well. I know we didn't spend a lot of money on Matt Filer, obviously, because he's not that good. But, no, I don't see automatically giving I don't, him that. That's what I'm saying. That, I don't, why, yeah. like, are we doing this again? Like, we're just going to just put guys into starting positions? I just don't understand why we're going to put now Leverett in a committee with, with Hainsey and Cody Mouth to find where right guard is. I think By that way, guy nobody, earned and Nobody's spot. talking about Cody Mouth. Why did we use a second-round pick uh, on Cody Mouth and move up to get him? To uh, um, if he's not an automatic starter here on the offensive line, we're not even talk- we're not even mentioning. I guess because he's a ru- I don't know, but um, well, Alex Kappa wasn't a automatic starter when he got here either. No, no, uh, but he was a and he was third a, round. A, pick. He was a third round pick, I believe. Yeah. But Mount, Mount's a second. Yeah, there's a lot of fanfare around him. I, I mean, still, I uh, I'm not sure about that pick. We'll see, but. Um, no. I mean, they. I, I don't. I like the fact that they have more bodies in the line, and I, I think competition's a great thing. Yeah. But no. to yeah, the who's point, who's starting there now? I have, really doesn't even matter. No, but they'll, I just. I that just out. don't like the terminology of this is our guy, and nobody else is touching him. Yeah, that, for a guy that graded <laughs> out that poorly last year, yeah. I don't see that one. And the other quote from uh, this was from Harold from Harold Goodwin um, about the offense. He was asked about what the scheme would look like, and he said it's an offense that's trending big time around the league right now, and it's really good to have uh, some new voices and some new uh, philosophies, if you will, in the room, which is definitely pointing at you, Mr. Leftwich, with that comment, it seems like. (laughs) And I think think Harold had reached his wits in with Byron Leftwich midway through the season when he was asked about the running game, and he said, the plays are there. They're in that book that he's reading, but they ain't calling them. So clearly, and, Harold, and, and, and it, it literally seemed like, and we talked about this, and lots, you know, all the guys from Loose Cannons and all the great podcasts we have out there, we're all talking about this. Is like we're the most predictable team. We know when we're going to run, and it was almost like left, which was just like, I don't care. I'm going to call runs. He was reaching his, he was like, reaching his weekly quota yeah. to run the ball. Yeah, that was no, it. but there was no. And, and as Dan Orlovsky said, and we said many, many times, and, and many, and Kurt Warner, it's like I just don't understand what they're trying to do. They're not using the pass to set up the to run. They're not using the run to set up the pass. There's no sequencing of plays. One thing doesn't play off the other, and that's exactly what this hodgepodge of shit was last year. And and it, and and people think, oh, because Tom Brady's not here, that you can't. No, it was so dysfunctional last year. 
year, and Brady was bad, and Leftwich was bad, and it made the offensive line look bad, which I don't think they were as bad. But the idea that the offensive line, they didn't fix the offensive line, well, first of all, Donovan Smith played with one arm last year, okay? And, and they still, you know, their passing block grading was not bad. And I know you can say, well, it's because Brady got rid of it so fast, whatever. But the bottom line is, this line is better than last year's, and I don't think last year's was that horrible. You got Ryan Jensen back at center as opposed to a guy who was playing there his first game. You know, and you had Gedeke for six games, who was a disaster. And once Leverett came in, he solidified that. So, and then you're going to have a left tackle that can actually play left tackle in Tristan Wirfs. Well, you are taking Shaq Mason. Let's for, yeah, let's, that's a loss. We forget about that's Shaq Mason's loss. not there. And right. I'm, I'm not going to act like Shaq Mason was played at an all-pro level by no, any means. but he was good. But he was a steady presence that yeah. I could rely on. Yeah, absolutely. And Tristan Wirfs played right tackle. So, I still think this, this line has the potential. You know, and if, if Cody Malk is what he, we think he is, he's going to be one of those glass eaters that moves in at left guard or right guard, mm-hmm. right? And so I think this offensive line has the potential to be and, really good. And regardless, by the way, if Matt, if and again, I'm not a Gedeke fan until he shows me. You know, I'll put Hainsy at right tackle and Malk at right guard. Well, well I was just going to say also, let's just say Cody Malk wins the right guard competition. I'd probably venture to say, based on his draft position, he's the more talented of the other ones. That's and what it's we're Stenny's, told. And Stenny's still around too, right? Um. If something happens like last year where you have injuries all over the line, you can give me Robert Hainsey and Nick Leverett and Aaron Stinney as the backups on that line. If that's what we're rolling with as backups, mm-hmm. well, my goodness. I mean, I've seen Josh Wells back there who was almost unplayable. And we Brandon, won a Super Bowl with Aaron uh, Stinney. Brandon, right I saw Brandon Walton get in there, and it wasn't. It did not look great. I've seen other guys in years past like Goster Cherilis. My goodness. <laughs> The Goster Cherilis reference, Goster, ladies and gentlemen. Goster Cherilis, killing Nicely me. Done. Killing me, man, when DeMar Dotson couldn't play. Nicely oh, my done. goodness. Yeah. So I'm just saying, from a depth standpoint, this offensive line is light years ahead of where it was last year. They have more NFL-ready bodies to compete right. if something happens. Where last year, I think they just couldn't withstand some of those injuries. And I think that's why they didn't go out and get a you know a right tackle. Why they weren't you know everybody was saying that they're so focused on tackling. I was saying I don't I don't I don't and, see and that when of, you've got you've got two guys in Hainsey and Gedeke that played right tackle and the pick at of, a high uh, level. You've already drafted a right yeah, tackle. And don't the draft right, another one. The right tackle you would have taken was going to be Anton Harrison. There. Right. And I think everyone would have told you it was probably a reach at 19. Yes, yes. Probably a reach at 19. No, you, a guy take, that you can't see who can be a transformative player. I'm yeah. not saying it's definite, but he's just got that Aaron Donald vibe to him. And, you know, and, and it's not just because he played a pit. Um, turn on the tape. You'll see what, see what I'm talking about. And you've got guys that are grown-ass men that you already have on the offensive line. Yep. You know, Robert Haynes, he's been here, what, three years now? You know, he's a better right tackle than Anton Harrison. Am I wrong? I would right. He he played at Notre Dame and he played very well at right he tackle. Did. He did. He's been a, he's been removed from that now, and he's not. The right. reason why he's not there is because he's not he's long, been, and because he's been playing in the NFL. By the way, he knows the NFL game now, so he's a better player yeah. right off the bat than you would if you brought in any rookie at right tackle that you were going to choose at nineteen. Yep. Uh, another quote coming out right now because all the assistants are speaking. This was from Skip Pete, the new Bucks running back coach, who was asked about Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says that Ezek has to accept that his role on a new team would to take him from a $12 million running back to a $4 million running back. And then the quote here, so who's going to be the one to tell him? <laughs> uh, and obviously Skip Pete worked with him for years in Dallas. So. <laughs> that 
that is a man that knows Zeke Elliott very, very well. And I'm not talking just as a player. <laughs> Zeke loves him some bling. Zeke loves him some money. And you think, and you got to ask yourself, what kind of effort are you getting from this guy? Who's already, you know, he's made his money, right? He's been the, he's been the bell cow. He's not that guy anymore. I mean, do you think he's really going to be balling out? Well, no, I don't think you, you don't need him necessarily. To... Not for four million dollars. No, but I mean, <laughs> when this is what happens. And skip, no, skip this is what the behind, uh, translate this for you. Dude is motivated by money. He's motivated by money, and now he's going to be making a hell of a lot less. How motivated is he going to be? I'm, I mean, that's oversimplifying it, but I think we hear you talking. I think I hear what you're saying, and I wouldn't, you know, if you're if you're one of those Buck fans that can't wait to see Zeke in a Bucks uniform, I wouldn't hold your breath. That ain't happening. I don't. I don't of think. Course, so. I didn't think Antonio Brown would play here either, but no, but I, I don't think I can't see Zeke no, and I think no. they're fine in that running back room yes. right now. Who's Zeke better than at this point in his career? Okay, well, I'm not going to go that far. He's better than Chase Edmonds. He's better than Keyshawn Vaughn. Don't you tell me that Keyshawn Vaughn is better than Ezekiel Elliott. It's not. It, it, you know, it's... I'm not saying uh, that Zeke... Zeke, Zeke is, think, a better, is a better talent, at, but how motivated is he going to be compared to Keyshawn Vaughn? Keyshawn Vaughn is highly motivated. He will run through a wall. I, Zeke, I, I'd, see, I'd think he'd be making a lot of business decisions. I mean, has he ever really done that, though? No, has he ever played for $4 million? Like, or it, By the way, it's not going to be four. It's going to be two. I want it to be a little lower than yeah, four. It's going to be two. <laughs> to be it's honest. not going to be four. It's going to be two. But no, I think, they're, I think they're fine there, though. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> you want to tackle this one? <laughs> Urinal troughs at the old sombrero was freaking disgusting well, back in the day. The sombrero was long gone before I was on this earth. I got to get Fitzy. I got to get Fitzy. Fitz the mortgage guy, Scotty Fitz. If you're listening, Fitzy, tomorrow I'm calling you out. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe we'll save it till Friday. Fitzy's got a I had to take a dump at Notre Dame Stadium story where they don't have stall doors. Oh, I'm interested. They don't have stall doors. It's just a line of. (laughs) (laughs) You doing that? Mr. I don't even want to take a dump in public. You doing that? How bad do you have to go? In Notre I, I Dame would, Stadium, I would, when, when there's just there are no stalls, they're just open toilets, <laughs> like lined up in a row. How bad? I would. On I would, I would leave. I would leave the game. <laughs> number one versus number if, two. If, if it got to that point, I would leave the game. Fourth quarter tie game. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'll, what I'll do is see. Here's the game thing. of the century. You're out. I'm, I'm not out. doing it. I'm out. Just can't close your eyes and get it get it taken care of and just get out. No, no, I'm out. <laughs> The the urinal trough is funny. I was telling you in the break when I when I read this comment. Like the first time I saw one was in the infield at the Daytona five hundred. And I walked in there, I was probably like eight or nine, and I just came I walked in, I'm like, What the heck is this? And I see all these like big this like smell like all my these bathroom big, at home, Mom. <laughs> no. And I see these big redneck men Where's walking the up. Yeah. <laughs> These, these rednecks walking up and they're spitting in there in the trough and everything and it's just floating by me and I'm like, what is this? And by the way, it's I'm sure it's still like that in the Daytona infield today. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I went, I go to the East Bay races here in uh, in Gibsonton for the sprint cars and late models and it's the same in there too. The trough is still alive and kicking at East Bay Raceway as well. It's got a nice and you're walking odor up, to it. You're, wa- it? you're walking up to it. Nice you're aroma. Like, 
You're walking you can up smell to it, it from about yeah. hundred yards away. Yeah. You walk up to that bathroom and you stop and you just take a deep breath. <sighs> Got to hold. Here we go. <laughs> We're going in. <laughs> We're going in. And if it's a long line and you're just standing in there, like you have to endure the smell while you're in there, and there's like there's nowhere to like wash your hands either. It's it's. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Modern amenities are needed. In, See, in I I was before rooms. this. This happened at a lightning game, and this was before Vinick like pumped money into the arena. They didn't used to have. This is how bad I am about using the bathroom in general in public. Yeah. They didn't have the the dividers between like the urinals. Same with Tropicana Field and the outfield. Yeah, they don't have that. Yeah, they don't have that. Yeah, it cost me one day. <laughs> but I, I, I remember going up to the bathroom. I won't, once. I won't mention the name. I just you know, God rest his soul, uh, passed away recently. Um, but a, a very well-known person in the Tampa Bay area was so hammered and was peeing next to me, and I'd had a few beers myself, and I was like, hey, what's up? And the dude literally, with no divider. Whoa, yo, hey, Orcas, do we have, don't we have a, spray, a spray area here? Just stop spraying on me, man. No, I'm I'm the guy where if I don't see dividers on the urinals, I will wait for the stall. Yeah, because I just nothing. I just can't do it. Yeah, welcome to Tropicana Field, baby. That's what you get. Yeah, talk about a spray hitter. Uh, that guy was a spray hitter. He's all over the He's old school. He was old school. Going the other way. Watch out. Heads up. Oh my goodness. This show was this show was uh, something today. It was something today, huh? You were like, what are we going to talk about today? I'm like, yeah, 